Hello, everybody. Yo, welcome to a very special episode of DFV. I am your host, Black Cinephile. And I'm your host, Brad. There's your host, Brad. And today we uh, got a great episode here. One that's been in the making. A lot of them been in the making, but this is one that we kind of like planned way, way back in advance and didn't know if we had to push it depending on how the strike was going to go. But today we're uh, comparing all three Willy Wonkas. We got Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and we have the newest film, Wonka. Yeah, this is uh, one that I suggested when Wonka was first announced as a cool kind of thing of like seeing how these different actors portrayed this same character and how the direction for these three kind of versions of Wonka kind of fill out based on, you know, the director, the actor and the way that they want to tell this story. And it's it's an interesting yes, one. Yes, sir. Uh, absolutely, man. And uh, you know the, the the character of Wonka, you know, it's not an easy character to play because you got to be whimsical. You got to have some type of like like childish, innate fun in you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it, it's interesting uh, what each of these actors do with the role here. Uh, so yeah, I mean, with, with no further ado, man, I, I just like to jump into it, and I, I just think it's only right. That we do Gene Wilder, Johnny Depp, then T- Timothy Chalmot. You know, uh, just to have a good flow here. You know what? Uh, normally I would fight you on this one, but I-, I feel like it would be a disservice not to start with Gene Wilder. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So now we're starting off with Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, uh, 1971, directed by Mel Stewart. Uh, screenplay by uh, Roald Dahl based on his actual novel. Uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. So basically, um, the tale of this film, uh, this this musical film, is about a young boy named Charlie, um, you know, a young poor boy named Charlie, who, you know, uh, hears that um, gets the chance to uh, visit Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. There's a there's a golden ticket sale happening. And so Willy Wonka's famous um, chocolate bars, you know, there's only like a, a few of them where a lucky person gets a golden ticket and gets invited to Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. So the big deal about this is that Willy Wonka is a reclusive person. You know, he's, he's famous for his candy, but people haven't seen him in years and they haven't been to the chocolate factory. People haven't been able to go in the chocolate factory. He's a very private person. So that's the big deal. So, you know, uh, <laughs> throughout the, uh, kind of like intro of the film the many of the golden tickets are found and there's only one more left after it's been discovered that one of them was a fraud and uh wasn't a, a real ticket so charlie you know upon luck uh happens upon a golden ticket and uh him and his grandfather decide that they're gonna uh go see willy wonka and um uh, that's pretty much okay. well beyond that we meet willy wonka played by gene wilder in one of his most if not his most iconic role. And uh, we find out that Wonka is a very eccentric man. Um, and there's some uh, fun and dangerous delights that uh, await the children and, and their parents who come into the chocolate factory. Man, I made that sound like a horror film. I mean, it, uh. the premise of this movie 
could easily be used as a horror movie because yes you have the five children that get the golden tickets and they mm-hmm. come to Willy Wonka's chocolate factory, which is very whimsical. Everything, there are no rules here. Nothing makes sense. It's just a candy paradise. And yeah. as everything's going on, the kids start like getting knocked out of the group one by one as they make mistakes going through this chocolate factory. And yeah, that's that's <laughs> it, it is technically a child horror movie. <laughs> Dude, let me tell you something, man. Um, the where, where I was when I first saw this film, uh, I remember uh, it, it was on one of my birthdays. I don't know if it was my, my 11th or my 12th or anything like that. But this was back when when VHS was still being sold alongside DVD. And uh, back when Sam's Club sold VHSs, back when they sold movies, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> my mom had got me a few movies. And one of them was Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And I just saw like a colorful, you know, cover with, you know, uh, Gene Wilder's face on it. I said, what's this? I never saw this movie. Is this new? My mom says, no, that's just a a movie I liked when I was a kid. I think you might like it. So I was like, you know, I was a a kid that thought Gone with the Wind was boring. I mean, I still do. But, you know, I don't I didn't like older movies back then. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'll give it a chance. So I put it in. And, uh, dude, it just engrossed me as a kid, man. I don't know what it is about this film, man, but it's so timeless that even watching it as an adult, it just captures your intention. Oh, yeah. Well, it comes from the set designs. More than anything, the set designs really bring you into this world. And especially when that first scene where they open up the doors to the chocolate factory and you have Willy Wonka bringing everybody in and being like, oh, everything in this room is edible. You know, everything from the trees to the chocolate river is completely edible in this room. And mm-hmm. it's one of those moments where you see everybody kind of sprawl out and, you know, people are eating the flowers, you know, people are grabbing like the berries from the trees and they're actually like peppermints instead of actual berries. And, you know, it, it brings your childhood wonder into like, oh, my God, everything's made of candy. This is amazing. <laughs> Dude, when this film started and I heard, uh, you know, if your imagination, oh, yeah. like, you know. I'm like you know me. I'm not a musical guy, but uh, <laughs> this is the perfect episode to do, right? Right. Yeah. So like, I love that song, man. Like that song is so just beautiful. Like it doesn't matter if I'm hearing a hum of it, if I'm hearing Gene Wilder sing it. It's just a beautiful song, dude. And um, I want to say I, I love the kind of like the <laughs> the prank he pulls on everybody when he first shows up. So he's walking with a cane. Oh yeah, making himself look like he's like a little, 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 little long in the tooth. That you know he's um like he he can he can't really like like walk that fast. And then all of a sudden he just does like a little flip, and then everybody starts clapping like, "Oh yay!" Funny story behind that. Gene Wilder. They initially had Gene. They told I think they said they wanted Wonka to come out very eccentric like he was, but he says, "No, no, let me come out with a cane and walk slow, and then throw everybody off. The audience will love that." Right. It, it come off as like feeble and weak and then right. play like this thing where his cane gets stuck in the bricks as he's walking and he continues walking like he has the cane before he realizes it's gone. And then he like falls into a flip and it's like it's done so well, too. Right. I think that was the one condition on when he would on if he would accept the role. He says, yeah, when I make my first interest, I got to come out like I'm coming out with a limp. 
Mm-hmm. And then I think the either the writer or the producer was like, what you want to do that for? And then Gene Wilder was like, well, from that time on, no one will know if Willy Wonka is lying or telling the truth. And I was like, oh, that's pretty smart. Yeah. Because like throughout the film, you don't really know what Willy Wonka has up his 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 uh his sleeve. You want to follow him the whole way, but you're like, this guy is something's up with him. Right. There's always an uneasiness with it because the movie starts with him having everybody like sign this contract and everything in order to mm-hmm. continue going through the chocolate factory. And I love how it starts at the top. Like I hereby declare, and then it just keeps getting to smaller and smaller print until at the very bottom, it's completely illegible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So looking at something like that, you know, um, that scene where they first go into the chocolate factory, like I think you got like a little bit of a pan to the chocolate factory. I'm like, it's so gorgeous. Like for a 1971 mm-hmm. film, like the the set design, like you said, it's just it's just immaculate. Oh yeah. Yeah, if, especially when you consider like the time that this was made and everything like that. It's this movie stands out and there's a reason that people remember the sets for this movie. Like that opening shot of them in the chocolate factory and everything like that. So many people can probably describe that that haven't seen this movie in 10 plus years and Mm -hmm. still get it like 90 percent accurate to, oh, I remember this being there and this being there. And it's really a testament to this movie and what they were able to do with their budget for it. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. Yeah. So like when you're looking at something like that, um, we got to talk about how one by one. Uh, some of the kids fall off. Mm-hmm. So the first kid we got here, uh, Augustus, you know, Augustus uh, Gloop, <laughs> Augustus Gloop. So Augustus uh, sees the wither of chocolate. So you know he starts eating the chocolate, and you know Willie's like, "Hey, you know, don't don't tamper with my chocolate." And so you know, um, uh, you know Willie tries to save him and grab him, but you know Augustus falls in, and it's uh, you know he starts going up the uh, the pipe, going up the. Sh- the, up the pipe and the mom's like well what's gonna happen to augustus he says well you know um that pipe does lead to like you know we're uh you know uh our chocolate and where our chocolate's uh, made the fudge oh, making <laughs> the fudge making are you telling me my son's going to be fudge no i don't want him contaminating my chocolate yeah. like, no that would be <laughs> terrible <laughs> it would contaminate the entire batch we wouldn't be able to sell anything for weeks i love how he's more concerned about the batch than than the kid right and uh she's like you gotta do something help police murder (laughs) (laughs) i love his i love his sardonic replies in this movie dude oh yeah i mean it it also comes about with you know everything at the beginning with you know how off-putting he is and then, obviously, when Augustus falls into the river and everything, he's he like there's a little bit of a sense of like care with that one where he's like, uh, Augustus, be careful if you please don't contaminate it. You know, you could fall in. It's it's dangerous. You shouldn't be there and everything like that. Mm. And yeah, as we go along with all the other kids and everything, his like level of care as the kids are right. dropping off just goes down like every single time to the point that he's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Go, go right ahead. <laughs> right, absolutely. Yeah, you gotta you gotta love it, man. Like, like Willy Wonka was one of the first original characters that uh, just did not give a F, man. 
Oh, yeah. He's like, listen, I'm not your parents. If I tell you don't do something, it's on you. Right. <laughs> like, I, even then, like, we can go to the second person that gets, you know, or the second kid who is the gum chewer. Uh, I'm trying to remember what her name was. It was Violet. Violet. Yes. But it with her even it they're in this experimental room, which I love the way that this experimental room is set up with all the Oompa Loompas everywhere, just kind of like throwing shoes into vats of, you know, candy and stuff like that. And I love Mm -hmm. the puns during this scene as well, because you have like Wonka throwing some sneakers into one of the bats and they're like, what does that do? Eh, It gets it a little extra kick, you know? And it's it, that's the kind of humor that I love. It's it's that funny kind of thing. And this room is full of that. And they get to the thing where, oh, it's an entire Thanksgiving meal all in one stick of gum. But, you know, it, it's still in testing. And, you know, when Violet grabs the gum from him, he's like, no, 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 please don't. Please. We, we're still experimenting with that one. It's not quite ready yet. We, I don't want you to have it. And she tries it anyway. And I love how when she's going through the flavors and he's like, yep, uh uh-huh, yep. And this is where we have the problem with the desserts. (laughs) We never could quite get that one right. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, man, uh, I think that's pretty funny. But, um, yeah, dude, you're looking at a lot of this here, and uh, it's it's just great how, like, each kid, like, kind of meets their downfall. And there's that thing with the film where, you know, Willy Wonka, of course, says, listen, they're going to be fine. You know, just follow the Oompa Loompa. You know, just meet your kid on the other side. In contrast to another film we're talking about today, we, we never really meet up with those kids again. We, no. we, just, we just have to assume that they're okay. Yeah, it, it basically, we're just trusting that Wonka's telling the truth about the kids being yeah. fine because... Yeah, all the kids kind of just disappear as soon as they're gone. They're gone from the rest of the movie. And yeah, even with, you know, the ones that it's like, okay, well, clearly they should be safe because you have the one girl, the uh, Veruca, who is just a very spoiled one that wants the golden goose and everything. She falls down to shoot. And I love Gene Wilder's way of, you know, playing Willy Wonka in this one where they're asking, where does the shoot go? The incinerator. So you're saying that she's going to be killed in the incinerator. Well, it only runs on every other day. So there's a chance that she's going to be okay. And just his way of like saying it is just so nonchalant, non-caring, because at this point, he's just like, I can't stop anything. I don't care. You know, and he's just He's just a sociopath. <laughs> right. This this is the point where he just stopped trying whatsoever with the kids. Because with mm-hmm. Augustus and Violet, at least he like tried to stop them. With, you know, Veruca, he basically just goes, Yeah, yeah, keep keep going. Let's let's see what happens. Where where are we going with this? Let's <laughs> Right, right, absolutely. Yeah, so when you're looking at stuff like that, right? So towards the end. Dude, I gotta say, the ending kind of like uh, even today, I was I, I say, dude, you jerk. I know where it's gonna lead to, mm-hmm. but like you know, with Charlie's the winner and everything, and you know Wonka goes into a fit like uh, you broke the rules, uh, you know you violated the contract when you uh, you know, stole the fizzy lifting uh lifting drinks, 
uh, you lose, sir. Good day. Yeah. Um, I said good day. <laughs> right. Dude, uh, another thing, too, about the making of this movie, when he rehearsed that scene with the actors, with the man that played Grandpa and the young boy that played Charlie, he did it in an even tone. Like, he just rehearsed it evenly. So mm. that when it was action, he was straight up yelling at them to get, like, an authentic reaction. Right. And, uh, yeah, dude, I, I, I watched the movie. I was like, dude, you jerk. Like, mm. Charlie's the only good kid here. You know, he comes <laughs> from a poor home. They eat poor cabbage. They eat porridge. Like, give the kid a break. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It, it it's definitely one of those things that, you know, watching the movie now, it this isn't something that was actually in the books. The entire like fizzy drink section was there, but in the books originally, you know, Grandpa Joe and Charlie didn't try it as soon as Wonka went away. And it's one of the things that like in this film, it doesn't make sense that they do still, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. they've literally seen at this point you know, Violet get turned into a giant blueberry. They watch right. Veruca get thrown down a garbage chute and or no, this is before Veruca. This is what before the Golden Goose scene. So at this point, they have just literally watched, you know, Violet be rolled off as a giant blueberry by the Oompa Loompas. And Willy Wonka's like, yeah, this is an experimental one, but we haven't gotten everything, all the kinks out of it yet. You know, you just keep floating up and up, and we haven't figured out how to get people down yet. And, of course, Grandpa Joe's like, hey, let's try it. And it's like, no, why would you <laughs> Why would you hear that after seeing him say, you know, everything that is negative about this? Following watching somebody else do the same mistake on something different that he was like, yeah, no, don't try this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, of course, then there's the realization that he's like, uh, well, you know, Charlie like leaves the gobstopper next to him. And then mm-hmm. uh, he reali- he realizes, uh, you know, Charlie didn't fall for the okie doke and that, you know, Slugworth, the creepy guy that walks up to each kid after he wins. Like, I don't know where this guy comes from in certain scenes. He just walks up to certain people, just kind of creeps into, like, whispers into the ear. I'm like, did none of these kids learn about Stranger Danger? Well, like, it, you know, it, they're all on, like, TV and, like, being interviewed and stuff when he's there. So, well, he, no, the one girl, uh, Veru- Veruca, he, as soon as she got the ticket from one of the workers, he walked up on her and started whispering in her ear. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And then Charlie, when he immediately, when everybody immediately crowded around him and said, he's got to go to ticket, he was running, then he ran into him. Yeah. Yeah, I I will say, I don't know how much uh, Wonka's paying that actor to pretend to be Slugworth to, like, try and get into these kids' heads and everything, but he is on his mode as a detective because he knows where every golden ticket is at every point and just waiting for the person to show up with it. Of course, yeah. I I agree. I agree. So, um, yeah. So looking at a film like this, right? um, So the way I would break it down, like, I love the humor in this. Like, even today, some jokes still add up. Like, the one guy, when everyone's trying to figure out what the next ticket is, you got the one guy that has a robot. And he says, uh, I am going to ask the robot, where is the golden ticket? Robot answers back. "Uh, I I, I can't tell you. That would be cheating. Because it says, I'm going to tell the robot, if uh, he tells you the ticket is, I will share the prizes with him. The robot hits back. What is a robot going to do with a lifetime amount of chocolate? Like, like, right. 
I'm now going to tell the robot what I'm going to do to it if it does not tell me where this golden ticket is. Right. I love that scene, dude. And uh, you got the one guy that goes to the psychiatrist. This was funny. This, like, he tells the psychiatrist, I've been having bad dreams. It's okay, man. They're, all, they're just dreams. No, I had a dream that I knew where the golden ticket was. Okay, where was it? Yeah. It doesn't matter. It was just a bad dream. Where's the golden ticket? Like. Yeah, I love the opening of the movie where it's showing the craze of people like going crazy over these, including the scene where they're auctioning off a box of the Wonka candy bars and people are bidding so much. And the person that wins, their husband gets kidnapped and they just want the box of Wonka bars as, you know, collateral. And I love when the police officer, they, uh, they said they'll return your husband if you give them the box of Wonka bars. So should I, like, schedule it? How long do we have to respond? <laughs> like, it, it's not even a, oh, yeah, that's that's an easy win. It's a, hold on, I got to think about this. My husband or the box of Wonka bars? <laughs> right, right. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, overall, man, I, I think this is just a beautiful movie. Uh, it still holds up uh, all this time later. Um, I never thought this was like a horror film as a kid. I could see how looking back on an adult, some people would be like, oh, man, this movie's scary. But I, I love it, man. I love every single part of it. Uh, I think it's a morality tale, too. You know, mm-hmm. do the right thing. You know what I'm saying? When there's rules, there's rules. Um, so I, I stand on that. And uh, yeah, dude, I give this a five out of five. Oh, yeah. There's no way in the world this gets less than a five out of five from me because I, I grew up with this movie. I knew this movie. I, I've i seen this movie a handful of times at this point. And mm. it, it's one of those ones that anytime somebody's like, oh, hey, we're going to you know throw this movie on. Or I see it when I'm flipping channels on TV back when I had cable and this was on. It's like, no, no, this is the channel I'm staying on. I'm going to watch this movie from whatever point it's at right now until the end. And I'm fine with that. Yep, Absolutely. All right, all right, we're going to head on to the next one here. That brings us to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, directed by Tim Burton, and this time starring Johnny Depp as the role of Willy Wonka. We once again follow the story of Willy Wonka opening his chocolate factory up to five lucky contestants after they have found the five golden tickets that he has hidden within Wonka bars across the world. This time, though... There's a lot more focus on the kids and where they come from, as well as a little bit more on the backstory of Willy Wonka, where before the Chocolate Factory was the main character of everything. But this time, there's more of a focus on Willy Wonka. There's more of a focus on the kids and what kind of makes them as rotten as they are and kind of more flanderizes their personalities a bit. Because we have Augustus Gloop, who is just completely gluttonous in this one versus the previous movie. We have Violet, who is now a... Basically, she aims to be the best at everything. You know, her entire personality is just winning the competition. Uh, Veruca is just absolutely still the worst. I don't think there was any way you could make her character any worse than she was in... You know, Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. And Mm. yeah, then you still have uh, Charlie. But the one change that they made was probably to TV, who was the last contestant. We really didn't talk much about him for the last movie because 
in the last oh, movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he he doesn't really do much. He just likes guns. Like he likes he likes westerns. He likes playing yeah. with his toy guns. Yeah. But in this one, he's a lot smarter. He thinks of himself to be smarter than the average person. He's very much into TV. He's into violence. And I love how his finding the ticket was literally, well, you see, I just looked at the shipping containers. I looked at everything like that and everything. And I tracked down the golden ticket. It was easy. Anybody that, you know, has half a brain would be capable of finding this ticket. I just happened to be the one that did it. And this kid is this kid is a future uh, Reddit poster. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he actually has personality in this one. I like it. But after these five kids have found the golden tickets and gone into the chocolate factory, that's where this movie takes off as a previous one where mischief and hijinks are afoot once they enter the chocolate factory. And yeah, mm. it's with this one. I will say there is a lot of hatred toward this version of the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory story. Really? I remember it being like a lot of it comes from the portrayal of Willy Wonka and how different he feels from the Gene Wilder version. Hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. Well, I'll, I'll say this, you know, when Johnny Depp is in his bag, because mm-hmm. uh, I know it can be a mixed bag with the type of eccentric roles Johnny Depp can take. But when he's really in his bag and he's really like like sinking into his character, uh, it could be a hell of a time, dude. Oh, yeah. Like I- I'd put this up there with the Jack Sparrows, uh, the Black Masses, uh, Edward Scissorhands, you know, some of the Tim Burton uh, greatest hits. He's He's a great Willy Wonka to me. Now, the reason I like it is because it's like, it's like comparing Heath Ledger to Jack Nicholson when you're concerned, when you're talking about Joker, right? Like it's just different takes on a on a on a mad character, right? You know, Gene Wilder's more kind of, I guess, sensitive and like uh, sardonic. You know, and, and Johnny Depp's character is sardonic, but he's more reclusive and um, I, I don't want to say alienating, but like, a little bit alienating. Like he's he's almost scared of people. Gene Wilder can like you know laugh around with the kids and stuff he's friendly this Willy Wonka is like I I I don't care right like you know yeah yeah. he's definitely been locked inside his chocolate factory too long and he doesn't know how to interact with people but Mm -hmm. at the same time like Gene Wilder has a more subtle approach to the role while Johnny Depp's is a lot more eccentric and everything like the way that Mm -hmm. they introduce Johnny Depp's Willy Wonka is fantastic with the kids like walking up and there's this little puppet show going on of like telling the Willy Wonka song and everything. And then there's just a chair in the center that, you know, everything like leads to and it's empty. And then they turn, they see, you know, Willy Wonka there just clapping, just going, oh, that's a great show. Shouldn't you be up there? Yeah, but I wouldn't be able to see the show from up there, silly, you know. Right. And I like how he says. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, I say I, I like how he says. Yeah, I think they kind of overdid it in the end, but that was a good show. Right. Yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty funny. Um. Yeah. Uh. Because up until the scene, you just hear him. You just hear stories of Willy Wonka, right? You hear mm-hmm. the story of uh. Oh, I love this uh this story here when the grandpa's telling um the tale of the prince 
who made a whole castle out of chocolate. Oh, yeah. And then Willy Wonka's like, all right, well, you better get to eating. He says, I'm not, I'm not going to eat this. I'm going to live in here. And then Willie goes, uh, I wouldn't recommend that. Yeah. But, you know, um, the prince ignores him. And then one day when his wife's, you know, feeding him some grapes or whatever, the, the chocolate starts dripping. And then the whole thing melts. I was like, ah, that's a nice, like, cautionary tale. And then you got the backstory of when, um, you know, grandpa lost his job at the chocolate factory. And, you know, when Willie fired everybody because someone was taking secrets and stuff. Like, I like the backstory of Willie before we actually get to see him. Mm-hmm. Oh, even when... You have the entire thing with uh, Grandpa Joe having worked at Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, which was a new addition for this movie. And I, the line when he like goes, oh, Mr. Wonka, I used to work for you, you know, back in the day and everything. Do you remember me? And I love how Willy Wonka's response is, were you one of those, you know, cheating spies that tried to steal all my secrets in order to sell them to my nemesis Slugworth? N- no. Oh. Well, good to have you back then. <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. Yeah, so I, I love when it when it's all starting about, right? Because, um, you know, obviously we go through each of the kids. And I like how in this one, uh, when you were telling me about the character upgrades and stuff, I, I like how they kind of made, um, you know, Violet kind of like this, this kickboxing champion that mm-hmm. always loves to chew gum and she's the best. She's comparing her gold medals to her mother's gold medals. And, you know, it's just like, I'm number one. Like, I, I love this kid. Like, I love oh, yeah. Anna Sophia Rob's, um, Anna Sophie Rob's uh, uh, portrayal of her. Yeah, it, it, it's one of the things that, especially when you're watching the movies back to back like this, that you notice. Like, in the first one, I, I have no complaints about the children in the first one whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But going to this one, you notice that there's a whole lot more personality added to the kids and mm-hmm. making you kind of be like, oh, OK, so, you know, Violet is just very competitive. You have Augustus, who is just absolutely just gluttonous beyond belief in every mm-hmm. single, you know, way. And you have TV, who is just completely you know like you said a future reddit poster <laughs> right right um yeah man as they're going about and we're looking at the factory the, you know one of the things i love about tim burton um you know when we're talking about his good movies right uh is that his imagination like i feel like he was there was a lot there was a few directors that were going to be involved with this but i feel like he had, burton you can't go wrong with burton mm-hmm. but this is the type of guy who he can apply his dark sensibilities and still make it a family-friendly movie uh, through his imagination and through the uh, the subject matter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when you give, like, a very imaginative world to Tim Burton, like, Alice in Wonderland, it, it, he's going to knock it out of the park. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was just one that, it fits his dynamic perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I know one thing is that people like to compare Johnny Depp's Willy Wonka to Mike to Michael Jackson. Um, <laughs> I, I think they're just similar in aesthetic, but like, so I can, I can understand them going with that route. But the thing about Willy Wonka is he's eccentric, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, and I feel like Johnny Depp like represents that eccentric, that eccentricity in his own way. And so what did you feel about this film kind of going more into like uh, Wonka's past, so to speak? What is, man, that was a horrible childhood with his dad making him wear braces, it- telling him, as the Candy's dentist. Bad. Yeah, yeah I, as the dentist. Well, first off, 
I absolutely love that they put Christopher Lee in this movie. I mm. I love it, but I wasn't a fan of the whole like giving him a tragic backstory and everything. Yeah. It just didn't fit to me for everything that should be Willy Wonka. Because one of the themes of the original movie was how the upbringings of the parents are what defined the kids or turn the kids into what they are and everything. Mm. And with this one, that same theme applies to all the kids. You know, everybody in Charlie's family is very humble. They're happy with what they have. And thus, Charlie is very humble and happy with what he has. You know, you have Veruca's parents are just willing to give her everything that she wants. So she's very spoiled. Violet's parents are very competitive. So she's very competitive. And then you have, you know, Mr. Wonka uh, or Dr. Wonka at Christopher Lee's character as this very mean spirited kind of anti, you know, anything fun. If it's anything that doesn't follow the rules then it's very you know bad and everything like that and then you have wonka as this kid and everything like that that is completely different from that ideal set it's like it doesn't match the theme that they're trying to present with like parents and like pushing their kids in the right direction and you know where their kids lead off to mm-hmm. yeah I, I definitely hear what you're saying i hear what you're saying um yeah it was kind of a storyline that i felt like it was a risk um i mean i don't think it ruins the movie but it is kind of oh, like yeah. eh, we didn't we didn't need that so okay so we got that part so we're going along the factory and everything and we have um my man uh deep roy playing every single oopa loompa in the movie i feel like he does a oh, great yeah. job with uh with his performance too um, and I like the little sides, the, the sides they have with the songs they make and everything. We got the music by Danny Elfman. So I want to talk a little bit about Freddie Highmore, who I forgot played Charlie in this movie. Oh, and yeah. He's so great in this movie, dude. Like he he's so great as a young Charlie. He has the he has the humble, uh, noble look. Uh, I don't say noble, but he has the right humble look as a kid. He's a good kid. And like he he really sells that look in this movie. Oh, yeah. He definitely sells the like idea of the kid that's not asking for too much and the Mm. kid that just wants to have a little bit of fun and just cares about his family and the people around him. And I I absolutely love how like when he's being like introduced to all the other kids and everything like that, you you have the, you know, everybody kind of being like, oh, okay, you're. You're just some guy, you know. I don't care about you. There, there's Sizing nothing special about you. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. So you know, in this film, man. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, I, I gotta say, I, I like uh, Johnny Depp's performance. I feel like he brought his own spin on it, and the movie doesn't suffer for it. Uh, before we move on, I, I want to give you a little backstory as to how I saw this movie. So, my cousin from Sweden was in town. And uh, we had went to the movies. Originally, we had gone to see Wedding Crashers. And, um, you know, it was me, my uncle, my cousin, and my dad. You know, we're watching Wedding Crashers. I mean, my dad and I are cracking up, uh, you know, because have you seen that movie? Oh, yeah, I've seen that movie. (laughs) Okay, yeah, we're cracking up. But, you know, my cousin says to my uncle, like, I think I want to see Willy Wonka. So they kind of sneak out and go to Wonka. And they say, hey, we're going to see Wonka. I'm like, 
dude, this movie's funny as hell. I don't want to leave this movie. Right. But I said, I said, Dad, I'm gonna go with him to see Wonka. He says, All right, see you later. Like, <laughs> my dad just stayed in for the rest of the movie. Um, and I had to hear from him how the rest of the movie was. But uh I went to go see uh Charlie and the Chocolate Factory with them. Because originally I was like, dog, really Wonka? I used to like that as a kid. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, dude, I went into this movie and it just it um I gotta say, it left more of an impression on me than Wedding Crashers did, and I, I, I kind of thank my cousin and uncle for kind of inspiring me to leave the jump ship. Right. I still love Wedding Crashers though, but yeah, yeah. It, it, this one has a little bit more to it than right, Wedding right. Crashers in terms of like memorability. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can yeah, get absolutely. that. I'm trying to remember the first time that I saw this one. I, I know it was just out of theaters because I didn't catch it when it was in theaters because I had the same thought that you had, which was hey, it's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Willy Wonka. I don't need to see that. And right, right. It, it was like later when it had released on like DVD or something that I had actually caught it when it was like on a clearance thing for, you know, a couple bucks. And it was like, oh, yeah, I never caught this movie. Let me actually sit down and check it out mm-hmm. yeah absolutely absolutely so you know taking that all in um we don't really get the same kind of like you know um you lose sir when we get to the end here you know it's straight up like hey you won charlie you're the you're the big winner mm-hmm. but we still have unresolved conflict when we trying to go like okay well, what about wonka see this is why i do kind of like the backstory because it doesn't leave things unresolved between him and his dad you know, you, you got that, like, sweet reunion with them in the end. And <laughs> I love how his, his dad is checking his mouth. And I, don't, I forgot the number he said, but he says, yeah, you got, like, 20-plus cavities, son. And they just turned that into, like, a sweet moment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's, or no, it's, I've never seen such perfect, you know, it's something with his teeth. Some pun somewhere that just went over my head and still went over my head today you know re-watching this one and just being like yeah okay whatever but yeah it, it is a funny thing like the joke that when he first runs away and his father is like well don't cry try coming back to me because i'll be gone i'll leave to go to antarctica and when he like leaves and he comes back later at the night the entire apartment building that he lived in is just completely gone and then at the right. end of the movie, it's just that solo apartment building with still like the bricks that are like torn off the sides and everything from the entire right. building just being right. lifted off. Just it's still dangling there. It's like, OK, that's a good joke. I like that joke. Thank you for that payoff, because I was not expecting that the first time I watched this. And I had forgotten about that payoff rewatching it this time as well. So when it came up, I was like, OK, yeah, that's good. I like that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, dude. Overall, I think this is just a this, this is a sweet remake. Um, you know, you got a oh, and in this one, you actually see the kids exit out this time. Oh you know, yeah, you see the kids after all the like hell they've been through, exiting out with their parents just shaking their head like so like, disappointed. Like, <laughs> right. Uh, I like how Violet. You know, uh, is it Violet? Yeah, Violet's all stretchy and everything. She's having the time of her life. Oh, yeah. Like like chewing that piece of gum. Like, she's, like, stretchy, like, look, Mom! And, you know, her mom was just, like, like just freaked out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, look how, you know, flexible I am. I can do so many more moves like this. And Yeah, but you're blue. <laughs> right, right. 
Um, yeah, man. So, you know, uh, taking it all down here, I, I think this is a sweet remake. Uh, it doesn't beat the original in my mind, but it's good for what it is. I would give this a strong four. Um, yeah, I'm right there with you. It is it definitely it doesn't have the same magic that the first one had, even though the sets look just as good, you know, especially given the time and everything. But they're just not as memorable as the original Willy Wonka movie. And because you can kind of be like, well, I want you to picture like where the chocolate uh, waterfall is and everything for this one. It's like it's harder for me to remember what that entire scene looked like versus the Gene Wilder's Willy Wonka, where I can picture that entire landscape so easily because it just sets in your mind. Mm hmm. Absolutely. All right, man, that's how it is. We're going to move on to uh, the final uh, showdown here. All right, we're going to move on to the final one. Wonka, uh, 2023 film directed by Paul King, starring Timothy Chalmot in the role of Willy Wonka. So, I mean, the synopsis for this one is, is pretty simple, folks. We got a uh, Willy Wonka, a young Willy Wonka, you know, hence Timothy Chalmot playing him. Uh, kind of like how he came to be as uh, this great innovator of uh, chocolate sweets, you know. So, um, you know, we got Willy Wonka arriving in a uh, British city, you know, ready to like, you know, spread the word and imagination of all he's learned about chocolate. I'm making it sound like he's a preacher. <laughs> but, um, you know, so he has uh, these three chocolate innovators that uh, live within the city who he looks up to that he wants to, uh, you know, partner with. But uh, they call the police on him and kind of like shame him in public when he tries to, you know, um, show off these uh, hover chocks, chocolates that make people fly. So with that, you know, he um, kind of ends up at a laundrette, uh, a laundrette. Well, he ends up at a place, um, you know, uh, ran by Olivia Coleman, uh, where, you know, he tries to stay there for a night, you know, thinking it's like a hotel or something like that. But then he gets uh, he gets tricked by this long contract he wrote out, kind of like a callback to the fine print that Willy Wonka has when people come into his chocolate factory mm -hmm. and uh, realizes that he just signed away uh, his life. And he has to become like a kind of like a laundry slave um, underneath the ground. It's, it's a weird plot point. But anyway, he um, he meets a young lady um, named Noodle and uh, him and Noodle uh, aspire to uh, kind of like get Willy Wonka you know, outside, of course, and like try to like help him kind of like, you know, push his brand of chocolate and put more magic in the world. And that is pretty much the bare bones plot of uh, Wonka. Yeah. Now, I, go ahead. Yeah. With this one, I when they first announced that they were going to do a Wonka prequel and everything like that, and it was going to be like, why? Right. It, it, it became a question of, OK, do we really need a Wonka prequel and everything like that? And then they said, no. They're trying to keep a little bit of the tone of like the Gene Wilder version of Wonka and trying to bring a little bit more to that. And it was like, but why, though? Like Gene Wilder's version is perfect. We don't need additions to it. And then the first right. trailer came out and I was like, OK, there might actually be something to this. This actually looks like it could be a fun movie. Really? Yeah. Your opinion changed when the first trailer came out. Oh, my opinion stayed the same. Okay. I, I know that I, you were like when we were discussing this one, and you're just like, Are you sure we have to do this episode? Like, do do we have to watch the the new one? Are you sure? 
Listen, it, it's not. Listen, I know a lot of people were hating on Timothy, saying, "Why is he being chose to play Wonka?" That wasn't my issue at all. Mm-hmm. My issue is that it's just, it's not needed. Even when I saw the trailer, I was like, I mean, my opinion still hasn't changed. Like, you know, I, I just, I, I felt like something like this wasn't needed. But, you know, IP is going to IP, man. Oh, yeah. It, if there's it, a way like, to make money with a prequel, they're going to find a way to do it. You know and, what I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's, just, it's just part of the game. So I said, okay, all right, I- I'll watch it. Um, yeah, you know I don't like musicals, right? Yeah, See, I, I was when I was sitting in the theater watching this one. My only thoughts were, "Oh, Anthony's gonna hate this one. He's gonna, <laughs> he's gonna be so mad at me." <laughs> dude, it's different if I if I know the songs, dude. Mm-hmm. If it's, it's if it's just new songs, new Wonka songs, they don't sing pure imagination until the end. Right. I was like, dude, what the hell is this shit? <laughs> like, you know, I'm I'm trying to be fun. It's like, you know, but it's like it, it, I just there were many times I, I just I just sat like, okay, all right, fine, fine. Um yeah, yeah man. Uh so let me let me just let me just go down the line here. So I okay, I, I'll start off with Timothy. Now listen, I like Timothy Chalmot. Uh, I think he's great in Dune. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, people love him and call me by your name. I thought he was solid in Bones and all. Uh, there's a role for Timothy. I, I don't think he's right for Wonka though. Like, See, I thought I he was like, fine as Wonka. I felt like he he had he had the look. All right, mm-hmm. he had the look that the costume design was on point, but it, I just kept seeing. It's like when you when you saw Gene Wilder as Wonka, you saw Wonka. Mm-hmm. When you saw Johnny Depp as Wonka, you saw Wonka. Timothy Chalmot, I see Timothy Chalmot acting as Wonka. I, I just it didn't connect to me that much. Like he had like the he had like the energy for it, but I felt like it was acting energy. Like you you know when you know an actor is acting, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I felt that way. Now I don't think he did a bad job. I just felt like. And I don't want to compare him to any other actor that could have did this, but I just felt like it wasn't it wasn't sincere. Like I I felt like it was like Timothy Chalmot just giving it his all. So I'm gonna just give it my college shot. I'm gonna give it the old college shot, and it just it was what it was. But I didn't see Wonka. Yeah, I, I can kind of get that. It, you definitely when you have an idea for a character in your head or an ideal for an actor in your head, it, it's hard to get past that. Like having Johnny Depp play Willy Wonka, that was like a reach, but he melded into that role to the point that like, even watching that one, it's hard to see Johnny Depp there because it's just so different than what you expect from Johnny Depp. And I see Timothy. Yeah. Yeah. And and listen, mm -hmm. go on. No, no, I said, listen, he does well. He he does do well in the in the film. There were a couple times he had me chuckle, you know, like uh, like with his exuberance. Like he 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 has, he he does the job, but it's just the job. You know what I'm saying? Like like it comes off like okay, this is a role of his, not like he's actually Wonka. See, I'm I'm gonna disagree with you a little bit here. There are some parts where it you don't really see him as Wonka or as the Wonka that we've seen from Gene Wilder or Johnny Depp or anything like that. But I think 
he still like has that great like enthusiasm. He has that he brings that you know wonder and childish kind of like imagination to everything that we kind of think of when we think of Willy Wonka's chocolate, like with the mm. what were they the hover chocks and everything you see like him with tinkering with the different chocolates and stuff and everything in order to make something by having a little bit of thunder and you know a splash of sunshine and it's like that i, I love that I, I say this i love his scenes with um with noodle with uh, Kyla Lane, who plays Noodle, I feel like that's when the Wonka kind of comes out a little bit. Yeah, and 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 we're not really seeing Timothy; we're seeing Wonka. Like I like the scenes with Noodle. I think Noodle brings it out of him, like the the the, the chemistry he has with that young actress. Yeah. Um. So you know, going from that, that's that's just how I felt about it. I see, I see your point though. I do, but uh, I love, um, dude, I love uh, Olivia Coleman in this film as a uh, Miss Scrubbit. And uh, the other guy, the the big dude that ran it with her, what was his name? Uh, that was. I'm trying to remember who it was. Because you had Chuckles. Oh, Bleacher. Bleacher. Yes, Tom Davis. Yeah, yeah, I loved them, dude. Like I thought they were great villains in the movie, along with other villains. But uh, I thought they were uh, pretty good. <laughs> Their love story was funny too. Oh yeah. But, um, I thought that was cool. The people down below. I like how when they start singing the song "Scrub Scrub," we uh we we go later on in the film when uh Timothy uh see I'm calling him Timothy. <laughs> see see what I mean, dog. Right. Like, but th- later on in the film when Wonka uh kind of like comes up with a plan to help them escape, he goes they they change up the lyrics like why are we not why are we no longer saying "Scrub Scrub"? Like yeah. we're like, we're saying something different now. Right. It, there are a couple little like nods to. You know, the musical of the original and everything like that. And yeah, everything in this movie is original. They did not take from the previous movie except for the imagination, you know, and then Mm -hmm. the Oompa Loompa song and everything. Like they took a little bit from that to mix it into a new version of that. But Mm -hmm. beyond that, everything is new created for this movie. And that, that's something kind of like fresh. I because they could have rode on the coattails of a lot of the songs that people knew from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. But instead, yeah, they decided sure. to keep that toned down, which I kind of respected a little bit. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I get it. You know, uh, I, I hear you. Uh, I want to say I, I really did like Patterson Joseph as Slugworth. I thought he was a great Slugworth. Oh, yeah. I, I think the three that we had with, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Fickle Gruber, Prodnose, and Slugworth, I, I love mm-hmm. them as villains. Their, like, comedy trio is very Three Stooges, and that's right up my alley for, like, comedy. When, you know, you have Fickle Gruber constantly, like, explaining their undertones and being like, yeah, we just want him to have an accident, which means to die. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he got that. We we didn't need you to. Right, that is your type of humor. That is one hundred percent up my alley. I was cracking up whenever those three were on screen together because it is one hundred percent the Three Stooges level of humor, and it's just like, no, nah, no, nah, I like this. This is good. Yeah. Um. 
Keegan Michael Key, dude. Uh, him as the chief of police. Oh yeah. And, like every time we see him, he's just he's just bigger and bigger. Like I remember at one point during the film, my wife kind of like was like, "Did he did he increase?" I was like, "Yeah, he's a, he's addicted to chocolate." Right. I, I love how they play that. But one scene that kind of got a chuckle out of me, it, it kind of did get a chuckle out of me, was when he was up to Walker and he like ducks his head underneath. He says, "He says you don't sell chocolate around here. You understand me?" He lifts his head up. He says, "You hear me?" He says, uh, "No, no." He, he kind of work. <laughs> then he does it again, and then he says, "Do you hear me?" He says, "No, dude, I got water in my ears." He goes, "Oh, <laughs> uh, I oh, get your point." Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. Actually, you're you're right. Anyway, <laughs> right, right. Um, I kind of feel like Rowan Atkinson was underused here. You know, when he appeared as the priest of the chocolate church i i was like oh there's gonna be something great here there, there's gonna be a great joke with him and everything and yeah they didn't really use him for anything and mm-hmm. i was kind of like oh that's kind of disappointing because it's rowan atkinson it's mr bean you know you, you have right when it comes to like when you already have like a three stooges act going on with the mm-hmm. three chocolatiers and then you have Rowan Atkinson thrown into the mix. And it's just like, oh, I'm setting up an expectation that was sadly let down there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so looking at that, right, you know, what What I wanted to say was, um, OK, yeah. So, so yeah, uh, Rowan Atkinson is a little underused. I like Sally Hawkins as uh, Willy Wonka's mom. And mm. um I like uh I really like Kyle Lane as Noodle. I, I feel like she she was great. Oh, yeah. But I, I like their relationship in that, you know, she kind of teaches him because I didn't know Willy Wonka couldn't read. Like I I, I didn't know like uh he, well, this kind of this this movie kind of takes liberties and stuff, but right. you know, I didn't know that the Wonka in this film couldn't read. So when she's like teaching him how to read, I'm like, oh, okay, that's a nice character development right there, because he's basically raised in the jungle. Yeah. Yeah, I, and then there's some good jokes with that when they're like at the zoo and trying to find a giraffe, and he just goes to a door and is like, ah, giraffe! And it's the tiger, you know, exhibit and everything like that. And Noodle closes the door and goes, look, you really need to learn how to read. I can't, you know, deal with somebody getting eaten. He's like, almost eaten. It hasn't happened yet. He's She just gives him the look like, Really? Really, guy? And just his stupid expression on his face that, you know, Timothy pulls off of just... Wonka has no cares. There is no thoughts in that brain. He is borrowing a brain cell from somebody else every half a second of this movie. And I love that. (laughs) When it's chocolate, he cares. Right. Anything that has to do with chocolate, he's a genius. Yeah. Anything outside of that is just, you know... His brain cells are being borrowed by somebody else. (laughs) Right, right. Um, I want to say I I do like him. I like Hugh Grant as Lofty, the Oompa Loompa, but he comes so late in the game. He doesn't really have too much. Like the two real big scenes that he has are nice. You know, when he's first talking to him and everything like that and explaining, you know, why he's hunting him down. And then the scene where he's talking to him on the boat. You know, those those are two nice scenes. But yeah, he's very underutilized. But at the same time, I, I don't think having him in the movie more would have done 
much. I think he would have been overused if they had him be in it any more than he was. See, I don't I don't agree with that. I feel like he would have been a nice like uh like third party to um Wonka and Noodle. I, I feel like he would have been all right. Um yeah, I feel like he's kind of <laughs> it's funny, a side note. Uh they had asked Hugh Grant, hey, I love how he just doesn't care in interviews, man. Oh, yeah. They asked Hugh Grant, like, hey, what made you do Wonka? Uh, you know, I, I need to pay some bills. They offered it to me, so I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't care. Right. Oh, man. That's like, yeah. Uh, okay, so looking at that, um, yeah, I like I like it when Lofty's on screen. I think he's a, he's a nice foil to Wonka. And that's cool and everything. Um, I like the backstory of Noodle when we kind of like uh, f- figure out what happened, mm-hmm. like how she ended up at the laundromat and everything like that. Yeah. Uh, the final showdown is kind of whatever. Like, I don't get the whole point with the giraffe in the church. Like, that didn't make sense to me. Uh, they had already set up that the giraffe liked those chocolates and everything like that. It was kind of just oh. taking things that were previously established in the movie instead of being like, oh, let's create a whole new thing specifically for this weird charade. You know. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't okay. bother me at all. I didn't think much of it when that was all going down. I, that was one of the scenes where I really wish they would have used Rowan Atkinson a little bit better. Yeah, I see in that scene right there. I was like, OK, here it comes. Right. Here, here, here's Mr. Atkinson. Here he comes. But then he just goes, oh, nice giraffe. He closes the door and then that's the end of it. Right. I was like, oh, oh OK. Yeah, it's like you, you got Rowan Atkinson for this. And it's like you didn't have Rowan Atkinson be Rowan Atkinson. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, dude, I like how the one officer the one officer's name is Officer Affable. Oh yeah, he's like a, he's he's like an affable officer. Like he he always kind of like has like a level head and always like kind of has pity on Wonka when he sees him. Like I thought that was pretty fun. That's a nice pun. Oh yeah, yeah. I do love the puns in this. Like you have the person that's an accountant. His name is Abacus Crunch. Uh, you have the comedian played by Rich Fulcher, who is actually a UK comedian who has been in a lot of like TV shows and stuff. Most notably, he was one of the people in the mighty Boosh, which is one of the shows that I absolutely love. So seeing him in this movie was a good one. Uh, You have, you know, his name was Chucklesworth, you know, Uh, Miss Scrubbit is, you know, the owner of the Scrubbit clean (laughs) kind of laundromat. And it's like, I, I love the puns that they threw in for this. And even like Phil Wang shows up in this movie as the guy who's like having trouble, like proposing to the one girl. That's Phil Wang. He's a comedian in the UK that mm-hmm. has been on like a lot of game shows, like eight out of 10 cats, taskmaster, uh, hypothetical, like seeing him show up in this movie was like one of those moments for me. I know for a lot of people, they're like, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, I have no idea who that is, but for me, I, I was just like, was really Phil Wang's in this. That's a really weird pull from <laughs> an actor perspective. And apparently he broke his arm doing the stunt where they're dancing on the tables. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know who he was either. I was like, okay. Uh, Yeah. I mean, when it all comes down to it, man, I I think the movie is fine. 
I don't think it's groundbreaking in any way uh, compared to the other two films we saw. And listen, this is just me being fair here. It just didn't move me, man. I I, I largely felt that this was just unnecessary. I mm-hmm. I didn't really have a fun time, but I didn't have a bad time watching it. I um, yeah, it, it I I gotta get us a two point five, dog. See, for me, I I had a fun time with this one, but I get it. The humor is up my alley. You know, it as mm-hmm. this movie was progressing, I was chuckling, I was laughing. You know. There was a lot of great kind of like jokes that I was just like, I love that. It's but at the same time, it is a kind of humor that I get that most people don't have for that kind of stuff. You know, like I know that there's not a humor. Hmm? Well, I mean, like three, three stooges kind of like, you know, slapstick and everything. I know that's not for everybody. Yeah, I like I I don't mind the humor. The humor is fine. Mm -hmm. I just think the film as a whole just didn't do it for me. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a fun movie. It has a lot of, like, really cool, like, visuals and everything like that, especially when they open up the chocolate store and they have, like, the chocolate tree and the basically the mini factory there. And it's like, okay, that's that's whimsical. You you have the people that like eat the chocolates and they start growing blue hair. He's going around and giving, like, people chocolates to get confident and this one makes everything you see a Broadway show. And you know, it, I I love that creativity with it. Does this movie need to exist? Probably not. You know, I can agree with that. If this movie didn't happen, I don't think I'd be like, but when are we going to get that prequel to Willy Wonka? But the movie we got was fun. I enjoyed it. I, this one's a 3.5 to me. Ooh. Okay. I, I, I look, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. But yeah, that that's where I stand on this one. I, I had a good time with this one. You know, OK, I, it, I hear what you're saying. Th- there's a lot that it didn't deliver on, but it delivered on more than I was expecting. Listen, I had listen, I, it's not like I had low expectations. I came in here with a level head and I said, I want Timothy to be a great Wonka. I, I mm-hmm. want to be surprised. And I just, I wasn't, I just walked out like, all right. <laughs> I was like, all right. Yeah, I get that. I, I I will say, like, when I was watching this one and, like, all the musicals and stuff, I was just thinking, oh, Anthony's going to hate me for making him watch this one. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think we're going around this, this uh, rigmarole in the next episode, too. Pretty much, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's all right. So, uh, yeah, that pretty much does it. Uh, so I guess it goes without saying. Um, dang, I guess I guess that's the way it goes. I guess the original Willy Wonka reigns supreme. Yeah, I don't think that there's any way that anything could. Because even thinking on it, if the same movie came out today, different actor instead of Gene Wilder, but did the exact same performance and everything like that. I don't know if it would still have the same mysticism today as it did back then, because like watching this one, I watched it as a kid and there's a certain like mysticism as a kid watching this, that when you're watching it again, you get that same feeling back. I think one actor could pull that off. Really? Just one Bill Murray. I think Bill Murray could pull that off in his own way, but I think Bill Murray could pull that off. You know what? 
I don't know. You know, are we going to give I don't care anymore, Bill Murray? (laughs) Or. Well, no. Groundhog Day, Bill Murray. Groundhog Day, Bill Murray. Okay. Um, Screws Bill Murray. Well, even even today, Bill Murray wouldn't be bad. But uh, screws Bill Murray. He he would nail it. I could kind of see that. Yeah. I, I can see that. I, I'd be willing to give that one a shot. But even then, I don't know if I'd be able to say that anything will ever top Gene Wilder's performance mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. Wonka. Like, that is always going to be the Wonka I think of. And it, somebody could match that same energy 120%, and I'd still be like, yeah, but Gene Wilder is Willy Wonka. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. All right. Hey, look, that's the way the cookie crumbles, folks. Uh, I want to do a quick little after show with you here, man, uh, and tell you about a movie I recently saw. Now, listen, I know you're the kaiju guy, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, I, I dabble. I, I dabble. Uh, I never watched any of the, like, original. The like, Toho movies? Yeah. And I never watched any of the, like the uh, the Japanese Godzilla films, man. But dude, I gotta tell you, man, Godzilla minus one, it's a pretty good movie. Uh, yeah, I, I I saw your post online for your score of that movie, and mm. uh, I I I disagree with you on where that stands. But really, uh, yeah, you didn't like it? Oh no, I loved it. You know? Oh, it's it's a five to you. It, it, it's you a mean. five to me. It oh, is gotcha, gotcha. Godzilla minus one does everything right that a Godzilla movie needs to do, which is make Godzilla a terrifying force. Mm. Uh, make it so the people that we see as the humans are people we want to root for that we care about and that seem realistic. Like you have. There was one review I was reading for that movie that put it that no matter which character you pick as your favorite character in this movie, it there's no argument to say that you're wrong because mm. every character is filled out as their own person very well. They all have distinct personalities and none of them are bad people. They all have different views on things, but none of them are bad people and they're all trying to help in their own way. And... See? That is a very difficult thing to do when it comes to like writing something that literally can be condensed down to, yeah, it's a monster movie. It's about a giant lizard that's stomping around and heading toward Tokyo City. And yeah, you have these perfect performances by everybody in that movie. Uh, The model for Godzilla is great. It's terrifying. I love the way that they use the scales to like do the charge up of his beam and everything. It's absolutely fantastic yeah man it's like i i looked at the movie and um you know i was like uh see see now a lot of what these films get wrong see now the reason i love godzilla versus kong so much is Mm. because sometimes i think like with these monster movies when they focus too much on the humans it can it can lull because we don't the the character like we don't really care about their conflict we want to see monsters fight right so the reason I like Godzilla versus Kong so much is because you didn't have a lot of like human nonsense. You had monsters fighting about like more than half of the movie, which I enjoyed and, and was grateful for. So, like I said, 
outside of Hollywood Godzilla movies, I never really saw any of the Japanese ones. So this is my first one that I saw because everybody on Twitter, film Twitter to be exact, was like, dude, this movie's great. This mm-hmm. movie's great. I was like, y'all, y'all must be some Godzilla fans or something. Like, like, is this movie really that good? So then finally, I just gave it a chance. And uh, it's really that good. Yeah, as somebody, like, I can say, I don't think I've seen every single Toho Godzilla movie. I've seen a majority of them. I know that there's some that, you know, somebody might come up and be like, oh, did you see this one? It's like, tell me what the plot of that one was, and I'll tell you if I've seen it. And sadly, the plot of most of them come down to Godzilla versus King Ghidorah, or Godzilla versus Rodan, or, you know, who who is Godzilla fighting and the Mm -hmm. ones where Godzilla isn't fighting somebody else. And it's the people against Godzilla. If you don't get the people right, the whole movie is going to fall apart. You know, Mm -hmm. you have the Godzilla 1999 movie, which is the one in New York city. And the people just weren't that interesting in that one. And when Mm -hmm. you have such a focus on the people, Instead of Godzilla in a Godzilla versus, you know, nobody else. It's just Godzilla versus people. You're not going to have a fun time with that one if half the time you're spending in that movie is with people you do not care about. But this Ooh. movie, it normally in a Godzilla movie, you're thinking like, where's Godzilla? When is Godzilla going to show up? It, I never thought that while watching Godzilla minus one. It shows up in the first scene. Like, you know. Uh, not to ruin anything, uh, spoiler-free, folks, but, uh, dude, I like how this film... See, and this is what made me care about the characters, because there's one main character that you follow that, you know, lives with a bunch of regret. Mm-hmm. You know, he lives with a bunch of regret, and he's just looking for his redemption. He he walks around and wallow, right? And he gets, like, redemption. And then later on in the film, you, he, he goes through, like, the unthinkable, and you're like, no! And you become even more invested in this character. That's why I like this movie. It wasn't about Godzilla. You know, Godzilla's Godzilla. He he stomps on people. He makes a whole mess in the city and then Mm -hmm. goes back to goes back to the ocean. Right. You know, like you got to care about the people. And uh, I I love the character development in this movie, dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Without really going into spoilers, the, the main character believes that he's living on borrowed time. Like he shouldn't be around anymore. And he feels guilty for that. And, you know. Yeah, it, it's it's a great thing because it, it takes everything from the war. Like this is somebody that was a part of the war, World War uh, Two, and mm-hmm. survived the war. And you have basically he has the regrets of like being in the war and everything like that. And he's around other people that were also a part of the war. And I love the young buck character that's on the boat with him and everything that's like man i wish i was in the war and the one guy just like literally pulls him down like right up in his face and goes not take it back you know take it back you know it, yeah. it not being in the war is something you should be proud of you know there's nothing great about being in a war and i, and I love the the happy ending stacked on another happy ending and it didn't feel it didn't feel hokey at all it's like oh wait such and such actually made it and then oh wait such and such made it too like you know it it kind of made me smile a little bit i was like okay well well done movie that didn't feel hacky at all right 
Yeah, it's it's one of the things where when everything happens the way that it happens, it feels deserved instead of being like, oh, look, it's a happy ending. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the, the rating I gave it, you know, that's just for that's just that's just letterbox like, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I feel like, yeah, I felt like I, I stood by that. But yeah, oh, yeah. I, I thought it was a good movie. Um, oh, yeah, I'm not uh, going at your rating whatsoever. I just uh, remember seeing it and going, oh, so that's what Anthony thinks of this new Godzilla movie, huh? <laughs> nah, nah, I don't want you but to I was also I was surprised that you actually went and saw a Godzilla movie. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, listen, I heard everything good about it, so I figured why not give it a chance. Um, yeah, so anything with that, um, you you seen anything new, man? Uh, nothing new outside of those. Uh, I was going to go see Dream Scenario, but that's coming to streaming, I think, this coming week or next week. I can't remember. Mm. So it's like, oh, I'll wait on that, because I know you saw that one, right? Oh yes, dude, and I I'd recommend it, man. You you know we're 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 cagey fans oh, yeah. over here, man. Uh, great performance by him. Okay, is it really a like horror it. movie? Because no, no, it's not. It, okay, it, there, there are there are some disturbing moments, but it's a dark comedy. It's not really a horror film. Is it kind of like the? Uh, I'm trying to remember what the other A24 movie was that he did. Pig, not pig. Uh. Um, what was it, Mandy? That wasn't a twenty four. Oh uh, no, no, Mandy was for, for, for legit horror. Okay, no, th- this isn't that. Uh, kind of think being John Malkovich, but a little darker, and that, oh, that's okay. kind of what we got here. Gotcha. Oh man, that sounds like a good uh episode idea. Yeah, but um, we'll add it to the yeah, list. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Uh, yeah, man, I you would like that film. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Nicholas Cage does a great job in it. All right. Um, yeah. All right, folks. Well, that about does it. Uh, thank you for joining us on this great episode. And uh, yeah, you know, uh, like, share and subscribe and take care.